Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris with the full crew of Milton and Ben here to talk about one of the greatest Star Wars episodes I think I've ever seen in a long time. And there's been a lot of them. But this is Outer Rim Transmission 122. We're happy you guys could join us. We are going to get into this episode on a deep dive, a review, and a discussion. Um, how are you guys doing, by the way? What's up with you, Milton? I'm good, man. It's, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. Uh, just enjoying NFL Sunday. Well, now it's officially week two. Eagles got another win, 2-0. That's what we do. Um, excited to talk about the most recent episode of Ahsoka. I'm sure everyone here tonight was excited about what we witnessed. So I'm interested to see how the conversation is going to go. But other than that, though, I'm good. Oh, yeah. Speaking of conversation, in the last day alone, um, the last shift I should say at work today, like literally I've had, I've had strangers coming up to me cause I had a Star Wars shirt on what I'm wearing now. Like, Oh, did you see Ahsoka? Like, like there's just like, everybody is buzzing about this episode from both of my jobs through people online. It is like, it feels like a movie has come out. Honestly, the hype is that high right now. What about you, Ben? I know you have your friend, um, that you often talk about with the show. Do you watch the show with with the friend Alex, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, of course he came over, he was freaking out. Cause like the thing is with him, when it comes to the show, it's really like special to him just because like Ahsoka's, he was definitely in the minority of fans who liked Ahsoka from the jump. Like, you know, I was definitely in more of the majority of the people that thought her character was annoying and all that sort of stuff, but it got better. And now she's one of my favorites. But, um, so, you know, for this show for him, he's like loving it. Um, and then, like, I've gotten feedback, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you got feedback at the gym, um, and I got feedback even over this weekend, like, I was at a relative's and some in-laws um, of my sisters, like, you know, they mentioned it, and, like, you know, I know they're, like, casual, you know, they're they're just, like, casual watchers of whatever is popular at the moment, you know what I mean? So, like, they uh, they mentioned they were watching Ahsoka and really, really enjoyed it and stuff, and it's cool, because it's like, oh, that's neat, like, that it's you know, just really casual people that actually enjoyed it as well. So it's just, uh, it's nice seeing it hitting different parts of the, like the, um, the entertainment going audience. So that's, that's always exciting about this show. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's like, I think one of the best parts I think of this show that it's brought to the table mm -hmm. is it's really brought that like buzz and chatter in the fandom. I feel like whether it be casual fans, whether it be fans speculating, whether it be like any of these sorts of things, like the fans, like the the fan chatter is really feeling like it's back right now, and it's such a nice feeling. Yeah, Star Wars is based upon community a lot of the times. It's why it survived through the dark ages of like between prequels and sequel, uh, prequels and original trilogy, and and a bunch of other times where things were barren, and it was a conversation that kept things alive um, in the community. So. Yeah, it's, it feels like a mini movie release, and, and and as I'll get into it, I basically had that experience because I was one of the ten cities that they showed it in, and just quickly going into that, that was freaking ridiculous. So I show up like 6.45 to the Neshaminy Mall in PA, right across the border from New Jersey, and it was mayhem because there's a line that was like wrapping around the inside of the mall because the AMC is attached to the mall there unbelievable at one point i was like i don't think i'm getting in luckily it was me and my my one buddy and his friend and uh by the time we left the theater they said oh yeah we had to turn away a bunch of people because apparently what it was a free viewing you had to get on there as soon as they announced it because they sold out instantly but apparently they sold out 
it was saying sold, but it was free. But they ran out of. They had more tickets available than seats available in the Dolby Theater. They should in one theater, and um, they wanted to just make sure that everybody was going to be there. If so, they overbooked it. But of course, Star Wars fans, you don't know, you don't know what to expect. You don't know if there's going to be people lining up thirty minutes before, two hours, five hours before. So I was fortunate to get in there. But um, what I will say is, hopefully, this was a test for Lucasfilm. And from what I could see from other cities around the nation, it was lines out the wazoo at every one of these locations. So just imagine the money they could have made if they put that into theaters for that night only. I would certainly pay 20 bucks to see it, like an epic freaking thing like that on the screen again, easily. Like I'd pay money easily to see that again. And um, so I hope that sends a message to... Disney and Lucasfilm be like, hey, we're not getting movies for a while, but hey, at least throw on like a huge episode like this every once in a while. I knew they threw out the Savage Press mall episodes in, of the Clone Wars into the theaters um, at one point, so that was a big, big release for that. That wasn't obviously a theatrical release specifically, but yeah, no, my experience there was awesome. It was really fun being in that environment, and when I was thinking about that experience, I said, Wow, I'm actually watching a Dave Filoni produced, directed, and written story. This is sort of a preview for what we're going to go see, hopefully, in 2025. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the way to think about that um, that release. Like, I was framing it that way. I didn't get to see it in a theater, of course, since I live in, like, small-town USA. But, but, um, but, you know, that's how I was thinking about it. For the people that got to go and see it, you know, it gave you kind of a preview of, like, dave's idea of how he's going to like shoot things and make things for a movie screen because you know he knew well in advance i'm sure lucasfilm didn't just drop this on him a week ago and say hey we're going to release your episode in a theater i'm sure they told him that two years ago when they were going to do it you know like hey we're going to do this episode in a movie theater um or you know he probably like told him that or something like so i think uh you know it gives the fans a good idea of like dave's vision for a movie which i mean of course we'll all get into it but we all loved it so it's nice um it's nice like getting that first little taste of what he's gonna be putting into it into into a theater and like think you know just expand that another couple hours like to say in a two and a half hour mm-hmm. movie you know that's what we would basically be getting it so like it's really cool getting to witness people like getting to experience star wars in a theater mm-hmm. which you know it's gonna be a long time before we get that um so yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I think it's heading in a really interesting direction, and yeah, I mean, we still got a couple years probably until at least minimum, at least two or three years until we see that movie, but when whenever we do, like, I think it's going to be like a really, really special movie. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. So, getting into the show proper, some housekeeping as usual, we have this show available for everybody to watch and communicate and chat with us live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Give us a subscribe to the channel so you'll never miss when we go live. You'll get that notification because sometimes we are running late. So it's usually around seven. Um, But we also have availability to have this episode downloaded on any podcast network of your choice, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, whatever it is, make sure to give us a rate and review to help spread the positive community we have here on Outer Rim Transmission. So for the latest on this channel, I just as of an hour ago, 
published a video on the channel. Um, there was the big uh, Atomic Mass Games, which is the big Star Wars miniature company. They they handle Star Wars Legion, the Army game, and Star Wars Shatterpoint, the skirmish type game. Um, basically, I have a whole video covering the news. So if that fancies, if you fancy that sort of thing, that's on the channel right now. Other than that, I have my comic book reviews I've been doing every week. And as I've been saying, I have been a regular on the Outer Rim Transmission. No, sorry, not Outer Rim Transmission. I'm used to plugging myself on his show. I am part of the Ion Cannon Tractor Beam, which is part of the Star Wars Underworld Network. Uh, we go every Thursday online, just like we do here. And we just chat specifically about the comic releases that came out that week. We do a bit of a deeper dive than what I do on my channel, where I kind of do like a glancing look at, oh, the big things that happen in these stories. And we go into a little bit more detail about characters, overall story, and, and just general comic news. So you can catch that every Thursday around 12.15 p.m. Eastern Time, just in time for your lunch break. So I think that about does it for all the plugs. But yeah, I mean, where do we start with this one? Because this was one hell of an episode. Tonight, if you haven't already realized, we're going to be going into heavy spoiler territory, as we often do. Um, and even Disney's just going out there and throwing Anakin images okay. out, so I'm not really sure what, what to spoil at this point. All but, right, so uh, that'll be a nice jumping off point. So I was going to mention that on this podcast. I made a no I made a mental note of it during the week. So in my opinion now... You know, I've always kind of had the view of, like, hey, a day or two for, like, spoilers for television shows. But at this point, it feels like you just about got to watch it either when it comes out or just stay off social media until you watch it. Because the thing is, I wake up Wednesday morning and Star Wars has literally tweeted and posted about Anakin at, like, 8 a.m. in the morning on Wednesday morning. The episode hadn't even been out for 12 hours yet and they were posting about Anakin. So, I think, like, in Disney's eyes, it's just like, hey... You gotta watch it when it comes out. You know what I mean? Like it's like appointment viewing. Back, mm. you know, it's back to that whole thing. So like that's something um, to keep in mind for our our viewers or listeners on here or subscribers on the channel. Like you know, if you do get worried about spoilers, I highly recommend like staying off social media because the actual Star Wars account posts the spoilers like less than twelve hours after the episode airs. Yeah, it's 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 this whole new theme that um. Lucasfilm has been testing, right? Now they put the episodes at 9 p.m. They want it to be like The Sopranos back in the day where like, oh, they assume everybody has watched the episode at this point, but obviously it's not realistic. So, yeah, good word of warning, Ben. Just everybody out there, um, just just try your best to avoid this stuff if you can't watch it right away. Um, but yeah, tonight we're talking about episode five, part five. They dubbed this as the mid-season finale. And it certainly ends that way, where it's like, okay, the, the the beginning of this phase of this story has ended. Now we're gonna get into the back half. But this is called Shadow Warrior, and in this we have Ahsoka going through a vision journey, if you will, where she is completing her training with her good old master Anakin Skywalker. We're getting Clone Wars flashbacks to things like Siege of Mandalore, maybe Ryloth, if I could gather that correctly, with those Twi'leks okay. in the background. We're getting just amazing lightsaber duels that we haven't seen the likes of since uh, episode three. Uh, it's just incredible stuff with Jason Sindula being powerful in the Force. And just a really good tie-in to Rebels with these Purgle, these space whales, and just such moments of wonder that always pique my interest when it comes to the Force and the mystics 
of Star Wars. So, Milton, I'm going to throw this over to you. What was your first impression of this of this ap- actual episode? Uh, yeah, my, my initial thoughts were very positive. I overall thought it was a well-told episode. It was consistent from shot one to shot, you know, whatever it was at the end. So frame one to the to the to the last frame of the episode it looked great visually shot well i love the storytelling aspect i love the obviously the world between worlds stuff with hayden and ahsoka or anakin and ahsoka um it was nice to see the flashbacks or just i guess it was more of the lesson within old flashbacks of their mm-hmm. of their life together which is really cool mm-hmm. um I enjoyed how it ended. You know, it was cool to see like the tie into Rebels with the Purgles and, you know, her connecting with the Purgle like like uh like Ezra does with the animals, but we also know that Ahsoka connects with animals too. If you look back at Tales of the Jedi, she connected with the saber tooth tiger when she was a one year old. So that that isn't unusual. Ooh, good callback. Yeah, that isn't unusual. Like I know I saw people on some people on Twitter were like, Oh, that's what Ezra does. They, 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 I'm like, no, go back and look at Tales of the Jedi. Yep. She did it when she was a baby. So it's very it. it's very inherent with the Jedi. Cal Kessis does it in Jedi Survivor. Yeah. I, at this point, I'm well, just exactly. assuming that Everyone most Jedi can do it. Anakin did it in Attack of the Clones with the Reek. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, that's, like, the Force, if you're strong in the Force and you have that particular connection with it, with, with it's a living Force, so it's a living creature. If you have that ability to do that, that type of training, willpower, you can do it. So it wasn't unusual, wasn't shocking, or there wasn't shock value to see that. So I was like, okay, that's a good callback. And that, you know, they got into the space whale, and now they're going off to hopefully find Ezra and Thrawn. Overall, I love the episode. I thought it was a well-done episode. It didn't have many complaints. Now, I will mm-hmm. say this, though. This is why I can't stand social media, too, because, of Uh-oh. course, I go on Twitter I'm reading some of the responses, and some people are just trying to rip this episode apart. Like, oh, Disney's doing it again. They 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 disrespected Anakin. Like yeah. he lost to Ahsoka. I'm thinking he never lost. It wasn't even a fight. It was a lesson. People. He wasn't trying to kill her. If you actually watch the fight, you watch what he was trying to do. If you use your your mind, common sense, he wasn't trying to kill her. It was all about her in the sense of she has to make a choice. Does she want to continue to fight? Or does she want to give up and die? That was the point of the lesson. Like, so I thought it made sense. I, it, it, to me, it wasn't a win or loss. I, you know, like I, like I saw someone react to whenever he breaks through the smoke, and we'll get to this. He comes through the smoke with the saber, and she like uses like some weird some move to like get the saber out of his hand and hold it to his face. Yeah, he was like, oh, he 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 would have wrecked her. I'm like, of course he would have beat her, but like that wasn't the point this time. <laughs> like he was trying to test her like that's the point of this whole episode he wanted to see what she was going to do did she have enough fight as he kept talking about i'm training you to survive i'm training you to be a warrior you know what i'm saying like i'm you're going with the times so well, it, it made it, it made sense to me and i'm sure we'll get into it but i love this episode oh yeah i completely agree with all of your points milton i think i i mean i love the episode from start to finish like zero complaints really other than like social media um but yeah like everything about the episode it was just like you know the characters the um just everybody everything in between from you know ahsoka to jason to hera to um to even the little uh 
uh, back and forth like distraction with Carson Teva and the rebels. Like that was a good little um, cheeky scene. Like those type of things. Like and then the fact even you know I've said it since Mando season two with Bo Katan. Dave Filoni does um, with him being involved in these shows. He does them in such a good way where the general people can watch and get what's going on. So I love that he put in, naturally, a, of course, a little kid, I don't know however old Jason would be at this point, but a kid wouldn't say Purgle, he would say whale. So the fact that he says space whales, you know, that's yep. a general thing for Chris's mom to be like, oh, a space whale, not a Purgle, you know? So like, I love that Dave continues to like include people that haven't seen rebels by just including little terms like that from kids or thing droids or whatever like so i love the fact that he's doing that and then yeah i saw that point too milton like the people like saying that stuff about anakin and i'm like guys listen like you must have been just like looking down at your phone the entire episode or something because <laughs> because when it comes to stuff like that like all right for one like you said anakin's teaching ahsoka a lesson for two I, like why why in any reality would Anakin kill his apprentice um for three like I'm sure there's plenty of times in in history of like I bet you in qui-gon and obi-wan I bet they sparred with their lightsabers at one point in the temple or something and I'm sure qui-gon could have wrecked obi-wan when he was younger mm -hmm. but why would why why would he kill his apprentice like you know what I mean like it's dumb like it makes no sense like that type of argument I always say is just you know, the typical social media Twitter like clickbait argument, you know, just to get people talking about stupid stuff. Yeah. So, like I you see that type of stuff and, and it's just a shame, like to me, when it comes to these type of things, because it's like, guys, this episode's so good. Like that's like that's not even nitpicking. That's just like making an argument for something that's not even part of the story. So, mm -hmm. you know, you see those type of things, but other than like the external things, everything in this episode was incredible. Like start to finish i loved it yeah i would say my assessment of the episode was really really positive the only negative i have and i gotta agree with my coworker, um she had mentioned you know why was there so much hair in this episode and i i, I kind of have to agree looking back now i'm like there was probably an unnecessary amount of of cutting back to that character at like really like moments where i was like i just want to see more of ahsoka like why are you cutting to her just taking the pacing down walking around slowly scanning things like i think maybe if you just would have done one less of those type of scenes it would have been great not saying that this episode isn't great i'm just saying like for me it can't be pure perfection 10 out of 10 because no, that, that did definitely that. slow it down a little bit i feel like we should have gotten more of ahsoka less of hera actually well i think yeah, I, I agree i agree with that and even thinking about it because i thought about this like a couple days later you know, it'd have been nice to, like, we got the first shot of them when he sees her again. as his first lesson. Well, his first cutaway where he's fighting her on the bridge. Mm -hmm. And then he does a cutaway when he knocks her down into the first Clone War battle. I would have been, it'd have been nice to get another flashback scene. Like, so obviously we got the first Clone Wars battle, mm -hmm. DJ Mandalore. It'd be nice to get, like, a third, like, like, a third, like, a second mission. Just to see, like, her evolution of, like, okay, now, like, it's, when she first was with him, mm -hmm. now she's like super comfortable with him, where they're like so like one like to show together, and then their their departure. Um, because again, we could have used another Anakin, Ahsoka lesson there to talk about 
other things. You know, she could have gone into more depth about, he could have mentioned something about, hey, you know, um, something about, you know, the choices you made and all that type of stuff and her working through her choices. Like that could have been another part of the lesson. But yeah, the whole cutting the hair back and forth, I understood it. I got mm. it, but you're right. It could have been. She could not have been in this episode. I think, I think though, the reason why they did that is because she's not going to be in it now. I, I, I really think that's why. Like, I think, I think she, I think now that we're, like, now that we're going to the other galaxy, I think that's the reason why she got so much screen time. Like, it, I mean, it, I had to make, you know, if I had to make an assumption, I think that's why. Just because I don't see any reason why we would be back with the Rebels, really, until probably the end of the season. You, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that might be why. Because it's kind of your quote-unquote finale type, you know, your mid-season finale, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, there was, there was, there was you know, cutting back. Like, like you said, maybe just one less cut back to Hera. Um, but then again, if you do one less cut back to Hera, maybe you linger on a Hera scene longer, you know? So, it's like, it's kind of that weird trade-off there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think... At least, I think they did a good job of kind of, like, wrapping her character arc up a little bit, as well as, you know, building up a nice um, kind of anticipation. And, you know, this is my, like, personal theory, but I think they're kind of setting up um, Jason to be Ezra's apprentice eventually. Like, just because, like, you know, you have him, Jason talking about he wanted to be a Jedi, and then he's, you know, showing powers, you know, signs of the Force in this episode, obviously. And then, like... You know, it just feels natural, like it's heading that way, where it'll be like Sabine and Ahsoka, and then maybe eventually Ezra and Jason, because it's like, hey, he's training his master's kid, and you know, like the poetry and all of that, and blah blah blah. Like, you know what I mean? Star Wars lore stuff. Like, it just feels like that's where it could potentially be heading with Jason. Yeah, we got a comment here in the live chat from the race side. Hey, Hannah, thanks for joining us. Do you guys think we are going to get Anakin showing up again, Milton? I don't know. Not sure. <laughs> what do you? I mean, I, I, I part of it feels like no, just because like this was a special moment. Like you have Dave Filoni that part, was directly part, of, part of this. Part of me wants him to, and again, I literally, literally every day this week I've been probably watching those clips multiple oh. times. So part of me, part of me wants him to, because this is part of my theory. Obviously, he is the chosen one. We all know this. Maybe, maybe whenever she goes and deals with Thrawn and Ezra and whatever happens, maybe he assists her in some way, shape, or form, like, through the Force. Maybe he comes back and teaches her one more lesson. You know, maybe, like, she gets mm-hmm. knocked down and he, like, talks to her through the Force and say, hey, this is your, really is your final lesson from me. This is why I'm back, blah, blah, blah. I can see that happening. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. I think. I think with him, um, you know, we're we're not gonna get like probably a world between worlds scene anymore because like it was just this episode. But I think. Um, I feel like we'll probably get him. Like you said, Milton. It's either gonna be like, you know, she goes through like a hardship. Like maybe she thinks she's gonna like beat, I don't know, Morgan Elsbeth and some bad guys, and then doesn't. And then maybe Anakin like gives her like the you know, the, the pump up talk, the Rocky moment talk or something, mm-hmm. or it's going to be like, or it'll be like your classic, I don't know, like your return of the Jedi, like Anakin showing up at the end to be like, Hey, congrats on like completing the mission or something. You know what I mean? Like it'll, it could be something like that even. Um, 
But I don't know. I feel like... I don't know. I just don't think... Maybe. I mean, maybe not. But, but you know, we, we've, we've had so much Anakin. You know, now they're talking about Anakin openly on the Star Wars social media channels. It just makes me feel like we're going to at least see him one more time. Yeah. I mean, it, would, it wouldn't... I tell you what, it wouldn't be a detriment to the show if we saw him again, especially if they used him right. And we well, my question, him. Milton, is: Do you think, do you think we see him via like, like a flashbacky type thing like this, where you're seeing him in the flesh, or do you think we're gonna actually see the Force Ghost version? Um, I that's think, my that's the thing I keep going back and forth yeah, with. I think if if something happens to where it, it reminds Ahsoka of a mission that they had before, I can see that being a flashback. But then also, kind of like like a Rocky moment where you know in some of those movies he gets knocked down and he sees like he hears Mickey, his mentor, talking to him and talks about like you know get up, heart of the mm-hmm. lion or eye of the tiger, all that type of stuff. I can see Anakin speaking through to her through the Force, kind of like with Ray. And uh, Rise of Skywalker, but but more direct, and be like, mm. hey, like this is now your final lesson. Like, this is what you've been training for all these years. This is how you. This is why you went through the fire of your guilt and of your choices, and you leave in a Jedi Order and all that stuff. This is why you went through this. This is why I even talked to you in the World Between Worlds. I can see that, and if they do that correctly for whatever situation she's in, okay, great. I mean, I again more Anakin in the background. <laughs> I wouldn't even complain, but appropriately don't don't just be heavy-handed with it because then i can see it where it's you you dilute the specialness of his appearances if you just continue to just show him for no apparent reason it needs to matter it needs to make sense for the story yeah 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 i i I just feel like it's it was the end of the chapter like she became a soak of the way which we'll get into later on in this show um so it just felt like okay she passed the test he believed in her and that was it when she looked behind and he wasn't there anymore that was a really symbolic moment like yeah he's not coming back you know that's it and she's calling out to anakin as she wakes as she's like falling asleep on the ramp of the of the ghost as it's lifting off after rescuing her she's like anakin anakin um i I do want to add in there real quick though chris i do think the um the the main reason maybe that could potentially add into uh Anakin coming back is like what if like what if Ahsoka was doubting because you know we've seen we've seen a lot of discussion about this was this Anakin was it not was this Anakin was it a, was it just a force vision was it you know was it really Anakin was it you know who was it Mortis Mortis God who you know I've seen so much discussion around this mm-hmm. like for me you know I think it was Anakin for sure just based on the line he used like. You know, when Ahsoka said, I won't fight you, he said, I've heard that line before, meaning the fight with Luke. So, I think the way... Wait, no, they... hold on one second. She says that to him when she's fighting him as Vader, though. In Rebel yeah, Season no, 2. She says it She says it whenever he's Anakin. Like, Yeah, she says it when he's fight. Anakin. The first time, the very first time they fight, she says, I won't fight you, and he said, I've heard that line before. Yeah, he, because he she's... Saber, she, he, she pulls out the blue saber... And she's like, I'm not going to fight you. And then he gets into the pose. He's like, I've heard that before. And yeah. he swipes at her. And that's when she, and like, because he's got that, he's, he's very playful about it at first, but he's also serious. Yep. So that's but, when he uses that line. So, but I so thought he, fought, he fought her as Vader. And that's what she said that first. I thought. No, she when, says, she says, I won't. She says, no. He's like, incorrect. He's like, I gave you a choice. Hmm. Yeah. 
he said that initially at first. So this is this is my my thinking on it. Like the reason why, um, Dave introduced kind of like the mystery behind this whole thing of Anakin or not is because maybe he puts that question in Ahsoka's mind. Like maybe that's when Ahsoka's waking up. Why she's saying Anakin and this sort of stuff. Maybe she's like wondering was that actually him or was it just a vision? So like maybe what if um. You know, what if it goes along the lines of like, hey, she's doubting, she doesn't know if it's him or not, or was it him? And then eventually we get like a Anakin, like you said, Milton, maybe Anakin popping up doing the, the Rocky moment, like, hey, blah, 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 it was me type thing, you know, just to like reinforce her confidence or something. Hmm. I think we should start with the discussion proper. Just take a look at Hayden Christensen's performance as, as Anakin, just the character of Anakin. Um, start with you, Ben. Just overall thoughts on how he was in the show was it everything you're hoping for we got the tease at the end of last episode so obviously our brains were running rampant with ideas of what we think it could be did it live up to your expectations or what oh yeah i loved it i mean i thought his performance was great i i don't know it was exactly what i was expecting i guess in my mind like i don't you know, I'm not, I don't claim to be like Steven Spielberg here on like how to produce a movie or actors or anything, but like, I don't know. I feel like he gave a quote unquote, like Anakin performance. Like I, it sold me. That was Anakin. Like, and it felt to me anyways, I don't know. I feel like the way Hayden was kind of throwing his voice, it kind of felt like he was trying to like blend, um, blends his voice either with James Arnold Taylor's or even, um, um, I did Matt see Lanter? some people... T- or Matt Lanter, Matt Lanter. Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah Matt, Matt Lanter. But it kind of felt like he was maybe kind of throwing his voice just a little bit for that. Um, but then again, it could be just because he's older. And then... Um, so, I mean, you have that. And I just felt like he like had the mannerisms down, the movement of Anakin down, of course. Like, I mean, he is Anakin. And it just... It felt like his interaction with Ahsoka was just, like, natural. Like, I don't know. It was what I would expect because I'm not sure about you both, but, like, the way it played out between Anakin and Ahsoka, like, I could 100% just, you know, blink and imagine that in animated form and, you know, it turned out the exact same way. Like, it just felt like like it was Anakin. Like, it felt like it was Dave's version of Anakin, yep. you know, say from, like, the Clone Wars or um, the extra Clone Wars series, um uh, Clone Wars season seven, like those type of things. Like it felt like it was Anakin, and you know that's the most important thing. It, it it felt like it was in place and not like jarring or something. Yeah, it really felt good to me. I I look at it from a couple of ways. I mean, you look at obviously Clone Wars, and yeah, hearing Matt Lanner's like kind of voice through <laughs> Hannah Christian as odd as it sounds, like just because it's a Dave Filoni written Hayden. Um, Anakin. So it was really neat getting like his mannerisms. Like he's like, "Oh, I'm joking," and Ahsoka's like, "It's oh, too much of a crisis to be joking." Right? Like, like all the stuff you would expect to see from Anakin in the Clone Wars, which was retroactively done to like make Anakin even more of a better character in the prequels, and we get to see like a more cheery Anakin, although some points darker. And then, so you see that, and then you, and then we get an opportunity. And this is what really g- g- stunned me. Of seeing a full-blown Sith Anakin with the yellow eyes, the red saber, the uh, gem-so aggressive lightsaber form, just wailing on Ahsoka at that one point. Like, oh my gosh, like, I did not expect to see that. So, like, 
everything with Hayden absolutely killed it. And yeah, it's a shame. I, I want I really want to see more of Hayden Christensen as, as a live action Anakin after this somehow. What about you, Milton? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll, I'll, before I get into my points about Hayden, my brother texts me, I think the next day, he's like, he's like, I need a, he literally said, I need a live action Clone Wars yeah. with Hayden and this girl. Yeah. And I was like, you're damn right. Because just, just to get on Hayden's performance, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was the best part of the episode. Obviously, his interactions with with um, Rosario Dawson's version of Ahsoka. And then I forget the little girl's name who plays her as a young version. I know she's from uh, Avengers Endgame. And Barbie. Young Gamora. Ariana um, she, Greenblatt. Yeah, she, Greenblatt. Did, she did a really yeah. good job at playing like that 14-year-old Ahsoka and then like the aged up like 17, 16-year-old version of her too. And you can see the difference from like how young mm-hmm. she was at 14 and like two and a half years later when she's 17-ish. How they, they aged her up slightly, and you can see the difference. Now, of course, people on social media were like, Oh, that's crap. <laughs> a 14, 17 year old look about the same, it's just they're probably a little bit older looking in the face, whatever. But overall, Hayden did a really good job. I loved his mannerisms, I loved the way he carried himself. It felt natural to me. It did not feel like I did not feel like I was seeing Matt Lanter's version the whole time or yep. Hayden's version. It's like, Okay, this is Hayden Christensen, or this is Anakin Skywalker. I don't care yeah. if he's in a cartoon or if he's even with the suit. Like, first of all, can we just get on how good he looked? Like, yep. like he looked like he was. Oh my gosh! Back in two thousand and five. Yep. Like I couldn't even tell he was. Nope. Like, I mean, he's forty two <laughs> right now. Life, so he'd have been twenty two, twenty three back in that time. He looks good. I mean, in the DA's tech, like, oh my god! Like this is yeah. perfect. Perfect. I could tell. Clone Wars version of him with the oh haircut my god, the, the haircut! Suit. I was like, and the oh, armor. Like, yeah, I'm like, we need a live action version of this. Oh like, my gosh! Oh, and you can definitely tell this was a different Anakin at that version because he was still like he was a, he was out of that Padawan phase. Yeah, you know, he's general, but he still was like that young, impulsive Anakin that we uh-huh. got to see sometimes. You can hear it in his voice. I'm glad that they made his voice a little bit younger. Just for that two minute or five minute scene, which was awesome, and then we got the Revenge of the Sith version. I'm thinking, yes, they were consistent. Loved it. The way he, I'm telling you, he he is the Jedi Master when it comes to a lightsaber. I don't oh care what anyone tells Gosh, him. no one can touch Hayden or Ewan McGregor besides Ray Park and maybe Nick Gillard when it comes to using a saber because he's <laughs> so good at it. Like he never, he hasn't lost a step. Oh like, my gosh, that, he made that transformation from. Uh, light side Anakin to Vader, to Anakin Vader, when he slashed at her, just how he moved. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god! And the way his facial expressions, it's like this is a hell of a performance. I don't, I don't see how people could criticize it. I'm sure people will, but I thought it was excellent. I had no complaints about his performance. I had no complaints about how Ifloni wrote the character. I love the way. They blended both live action and animation versions of this character. It was all one to me. Yeah, I, I love how they get the little his trademark signature move of like flailing the saber behind his back, like spinning yeah. it and then coming up into an uppercut type of thing. And like, it's like, oh, he did the move. I was like Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, in yeah. a meme. Like he did the move. But even even whenever he makes it, when he did this, the, pulled out the saber and it was red. 
he came down and slashed. Yeah. He he wasn't like he was he wasn't like just slashing it fast. He like could feel it. Oh, I know. He's like, oh, he's like, I'm in control. He's like, she can come at me four different ways and I'm going to stop. And you can see he was toying with her because whenever she went to flail at him, he just dipped her. Spun around, dipped that, just like, I'm like okay, yeah, this is this is Vader. This, this is, what, is this is what he would have been like without the suit. Could you yep. imagine? That? That's you what imagine? I mean. We need to get a what if of what Anakin would have been at, would have been like without the fucking suit. Sorry, I'm, I'm dropping that. <laughs> but like, it's the truth. Like, if imagine us getting him without the suit. Yeah, how I mean, he would be. I mean, I no think it was. Yeah, I think it was like, um, like basically with the, so with the suit. I think the breakdown was that I've seen before. It was like with the suit, he's like, like sixty percent of like the emperor's power or something, or seventy percent. And like without the suit, though, he's like double of that or something. And that's why I read in like an old Star Wars book back in the day. So yeah. it's like because well, because he he lost his organic limbs, so he yeah. was connecting to the force was severed. He had to relearn a lot of that. I mean, he was very powerful still, but. I think in the Rise of Darth Vader book, or yeah, is that the Rise of Darth Vader book? Yeah. Whenever he hunting those Jedi, like they talk about how he lost a significant amount of his power, he gains most of it back later. But it wasn't he wasn't the same. Like he had to relearn the stuff. He wasn't organically attached to the Force like he was when he was all human, you know. So imagine him being in tune, in tuned with the Force as a full human being, undamaged for mm-hmm. the most part. Like, oh my god, like the potential. And again, we don't need it. It's something that I would want. We don't need it at this point. But overall, Aiden Christensen got his flowers. Because he did a whole job with this episode. I'm sure I'm going to see people hating online, but that's online for you. You know what? This is the version of Hayden, or of this is the version of love. That Hayden well, Christensen deserves because he put in that work. You can tell he cares about this character. You oh yeah, can well, tell how he how he portrayed it, how he fought, how he was, how he just embraced Star Wars again. How much he loves this character. So I'm glad we got him back. Oh yeah. Well, to me, also it kind of signifies with the with the great reaction people are getting. You know, about his character coming back and about his performance performance and just like all the excitement and buzz around it. It makes me really think that, like, if we get a season two of Ahsoka, he'll be involved. If we get, you know, potentially even in the movie, like, who knows, in the movie, maybe we get, like, the Return of the Jedi moment with the Anakin Force Ghost or something. Like, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't think this is, even for this series, like, but I just don't think this is the last time we're going to see Hayden. Because, like, you know, it feels like it's, like, the, hey, we're, you know, Anakin's back, Hayden's back. Like, this might be, like, the... Like, the transition phase where we get more of, you know, some of our uh, Clone Wars era-related people in live action. Yeah, so I want to mention this. So, I've been going to Star Wars Celebration the last couple of times, and they brought Hayden Christensen out back in Anaheim 2022. Um, and then in 2023 this year, in London, he was also there. And his whole thing was promoting Obi-Wan, promoting Obi-Wan, promoting Obi-Wan. And I think we even mentioned on the podcast, it's like, they did a lot of promoting for Hayden, and he wasn't really in a lot of Obi-Wan. Like, aside from the flashback duel that was cutting back and forth and, like, the Vader scene where his helmet... Like, it's probably less than 10 minutes of screen time for that whole series, right? 
I think they are really positioning him out there in the public to get ready for this because this this is far superior than anything in Obi Wan for me, and it's kind of like not fair because he doesn't have a lot of speaking roles. But like, I think this is what the fans have really been waiting for. I think without a oh, yeah. doubt. <laughs> oh yeah, that stuff we saw in Obi Wan. No disrespect to like the people involved with that show. But that show doesn't hold a candle to this entire episode. Like, yeah. like it doesn't without hold a question. candle to it. Yeah, without question. And and that's and that's the disappointing part. But that that's another podcast for another day. It's mm-hmm. like the the biggest thing. What it comes down to is this, in, in my opinion, is that Aiden is getting appreciated as he should be. I I I've been a Hayden fan since day one. Ever since two thousand and. And two, when he first showed up on the scene as Anakin, I'd have been, I'd have been four, 13 years old, ish, fourteen, whatever it was. Like he was my guy. I've I've always been a hating guy, and still will be to the day I die. Because to me, he was one of my heroes in Star Wars growing up as a as a young teenager, and I thought he did a really good job at that time. And again, that's my teenage viewpoint. But as an adult, I still think he did a great job. He did what he had to do with the material that he was given. You know, we all know that George Lucas isn't the most director or the most savvy <laughs> director when it comes to directing actors. He's or really just writing dialogue, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Like, it's not even a criticism. Yeah. However, like, the kid was, he was only 21 years old. Like, it's one of his, like, first major roles. He did some TV shows. He, he wasn't Liam Neeson. He wasn't Ewan McGregor. He wasn't even Natalie Portman at that point. She was in stuff since she was, like, five or six. Well, you know I'm saying so. So it's like for him, for him to get criticized for his performance back in 2002, 05, it's unfair. Well, the thing I'm is, glad that he, I'm glad that he's embraced it now, and that fans are loving him again. Well, the thing is, a lot of fans forget about, uh, you know, they forget about what happened in the original trilogy with the Darth Vader character because, like, you know, you talk about the lines from like Hayden um, in Episode Two and Three, but then you know. You look at all the lines Vader has. Vader doesn't like say the most spectacular, like Oscar-worthy stuff either. And he drops like a few one-liners, like yeah. like his one um apology accepted, Captain Nita. Like all those things, those are all just cheesy lines Anakin would say too. Like because like exactly. I, I mean even me at first, don't get me wrong, I uh, I'm not like the hugest Rogue One fan. I, I like that movie, but I you know it has its issues. And like at first when I watched that movie, I was like, man. They go and give Vader this cheesy line, you know, don't choke on your aspirations, Commander Krennic or whatever, yeah. all this stuff. And I was at first I didn't like it. And then, you know, I double back on myself because I was like, well, Ben, you can't I can't be like criticizing this movie, but not criticizing the yeah. original trilogy because Vader Vader drops one liners like that and that, too. And that is like consistent with Anakin's character from when he was a human to when he was like in his suit and everything else in between. So like. That's like a consistent thing with Hayden's character. It's just like a character thing more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Hey, welcome uh, to the chat, Timbo Toys and Sims. Thanks for joining us. Uh, just throw in your Ahsoka stuff, and maybe we'll mention it in the chat. But um, as far as... Yeah, the, the, so far, I'm, I'm looking back. I'm not going to turn the topic too much right here. But this show has certainly delivered on what it sets out to do. And I think Dave Filoni or somebody behind the marketing at Lucasfilm said, position this show as the swashbuckling sword series or whatever, sword fighting series. 
And so far they've delivered, except I think every episode except episode three has had some of the best duels I've seen in Star Wars in a long time. Going back to, uh, I think it was episode one with Sabine versus uh, Shin. I, if it wasn't adept, it wasn't an adept fight. I think the, the choreography is so good. Then you see Ahsoka fighting the Inquisitor there at the end of episode two. Episode four was the incredible Balon Skull versus Ahsoka. Now we're getting Ahsoka versus Anakin. And we're not even through the whole series yet. Like, this felt like a climax of a whole big... Like, remember, Kathleen Kennedy was promoting Obi-Wan as this is the fight of the century or decade or something yeah. like that and then already like, we're getting so much good stuff here with the, the, these fights were like were more significant than that than the obi-wan fights and again i i like the obi-wan's duel with vader i liked it but it, it wasn't epic like revenge of the sith duel let's just keep it real you know what i'm saying and to, to go back to your original point yes this show has lived up to what it what it was being promoted to do Obviously, it had its slow slow burn moments, but I think they were doing that on purpose to build us up as they should. And I think this has been an excellent buildup in every episode. You know, I'm sure people will disagree with me, but I felt from episode one to episode five, it's building up to as it should be. I think this show has done a really good job with the with the combat, whether it's with the, 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 the space battles, with the lightsaber duels. My God, the lightsaber duels are amazing. This is what we've been wanting since 2015. You know, so I'm glad that we are getting back to what that that this is Star Wars to us. You know, this like the, the space battles, the lightsaber duels, the, mm. the storytelling aspect, the, the heart. I think there's a lot of heart in this show. I think people aren't mentioning that enough. Yeah. Yeah. One now there's a lot of heart in the show. And that's what Star Wars is really all about is the, the heart aspect of it. The the the, the conflict of characters the 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 end well just the overall consistency of the story from episode one to now so that's what i think has really been a positive about the show so that's why to me this is one of my favorite star wars shows and i can very much see myself going back to rewatch this once this all comes out oh yeah well yeah. i think as well like another thing to think about with this show so far is you know we're just i would say almost you know viewing the show as like episodes one through five as part one you know like or like as like the first part because like you said chris they were kind of like almost marketing it as like a mid-season finale so it's like the first real true part one of the season mm -hmm. so now we're going into like the um basically the other galaxy we're heading that way like you know with ahsoka and them traveling there via the whales so it's just like it gives us a lot of opportunities to like expand the story even more um, yep. And then, like, some of the cool, some of the, like, even the um, little aspects we haven't talked about so far um, in this episode, like, I loved seeing Captain Rex. Like, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, so it was great getting to see him. Um, even, you know, he was dropping the line. He dropped a few lines in there, you know, through, you know, via Tamara Morrison. So that was really cool. Like, like I would have never in a million years imagined we were we would get, like, to Meryl Morrison giving Captain Rex lines, you know? So, it, I thought that was a great aspect. And it's like, it's great, like, Dave's including those little details. And this is just basically the first part of this show. Like, you know, we still have the next three episodes. So, it's just kind of like, like, I wonder what's in store next. And also, here's a question to raise to you guys. Do you think they dropped 
the little tiny breadcrumb of hey, um, uh, Senator Ordan oh, yeah. has been yeah. ar- been arguing so much for you for all this stuff. Do you think we're gonna see Leia eventually? Because like, if we cut back to Hera, is Hera gonna be in a Republic? I don't know debriefing thing I and Leia so. there. I, I, I can say yeah. Go go go. Uh, Chris. Yeah, the reason why I think this this would work because Leia is so much like Hera in the sense where like Leia in the blood um the blood novel um bloodline gosh, bloodline novel like was having so much trouble with the Senate that she just said screw this I'm gonna just break off and do my own thing and now that Hera has an idea of what's going on I feel like right like it makes sense to put her in there now. you don't no, need it really to does. but it's it's, it's, it's very organic. i mean yeah it's very organic we're, we're seeing it we're seeing it in this show how you know i believe uh what's her name um mon mothma like she believes hera in a lot of ways but obviously the the other people don't so i can see her i, I can see hera and leia forming the uh the resistance going off doing their thing if we're and in answer your question are we going to see leia I think we could see her in some type of like hologram form. Or like mm. see, that, that's whatever. what I'm thinking too. They they could they could mask her maybe with like a hologram type thing. Yeah, I could see yeah. That. yeah. So getting into uh, Ahsoka's journey now through this, the titular character of of the story here, um, I loved getting this idea of uh, just this younger actress playing the Ahsoka that's stuck in a younger body. I liked like the the acting that. Oh my gosh, this um, character, this actress, uh, Ariana. Ariana, Ariana, Ariana. There we go. Ariana's performance was fantastic. That's not easy. Like you're you're playing like the young character, but you're not really playing a young character. And I thought that it really, Milton, you added this a few minutes ago. Like this this series has had a lot of heart, and I agree because we've never seen. At least it's never really hit me as hard as it did, like, the loss of clone life. Like, going up and having a quiet moment of, like, reaching for the hand of the dying soldier, and just, like, having that little moment was, like, oh my gosh, like, she's, like, these clones that we've seen in Clone Wars, like, they all have their own personalities, and it all does hurt, like, when Heavy dies, when Fives dies, like, all these clones, it's, like, it's great to actually see that acknowledged in the live action, and I really thought that was a great touch. As it should be, and we saw that in the Clone Wars, obviously animation, because we saw how close Ahsoka and you know mm-hmm. Anakin and Obi Wan was to their their particular you know battalion of clones. I mean, remember that one general who used to who was like an asshole about that? Paul Krell. He, yep. he, yeah, he was like, you shouldn't be friends with the clones and blah blah mm. blah. And they're just like, nah, like like we gotta fight with these people, like they're part of our family. You know what I mean, so it, it's nice to see how Dave had that translate over from animation to real life because listen in war you do develop friendships and relationships with these people they become your family you know they're, they're i mean even clones like they're that's their family you know what i'm saying they're, they're in yeah. the trenches and it kind of reminded me of shows like 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 the pacific or band of brothers or black hawk down or um what's the movie with um the guy from transformers uh pearl harbor like how, how like they, the, the, the war moments, those quiet moments of those war films are the most powerful moments because mm-hmm. yes, we got the explosives, we got, you know, the violence, we got the, the trauma, all type of stuff. But the small moments of understanding, like, this is still a real thing. This is war. 
people are affected. There's trauma. There, there's connections being lost. And, and she's only a 14-year-old girl who's a freaking general in a, in a galactic war. So people, I think mean, I mean, people forget that. It's like she's doing a lot of growth. This is her training. He makes, he says, this is your training. Mm-hmm. You, know, like you have to learn to adapt. You got to learn to compartmentalize your feelings. Even when he's like, hey, come on, there's more troopers coming. She's yep, like, yep. But like my, my actions, and she, she says the line, like my decision or my actions cause lives. Like, imagine dealing with that at the age of 14. When we're 14, what are we thinking about at 14? Girls, school, yeah. what we want to eat, what we want to dress, you know, and like little video games. Video games, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this girl's got to worry about making decisions that save that impacts mm, other men. Like, I loved how he included that. Like, there's a real consequence to what every action mm-hmm. you make mm-hmm. as a general. And at 14, that, that's hard to process. Yeah, I, I mean, at fourteen, I was I was worrying about grinding through the Force Unleashed, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's true though. Like it's cool, like seeing like Ahsoka's, you know, journey like that. Like you said, Milton. Like it's like you know, it's like the older Ahsoka and the little little younger Ahsoka's body type thing. And it was great getting to like see those different Clone Wars locations and whatnot. Um, like I saw people breaking it down or like you know, um, showing screenshots and stuff on Twitter, mm-hmm. and like. I guess the transition isn't like super clear, but I guess the first because people I guess were you know I saw people like posting like shots from the animated episodes and whatnot, but apparently the start of the flashbacks, it was um I guess people like discovered it was Teth, and then it transitioned to Ryloth um you know when she was like grabbing the hand or the hand oh. that whole thing and then transitioned to Siege of Mandalore of course but like. The very like hmm. beginning, like just the little bits of it, um, people are posting some screenshots, and it was it looked just like the Teth stuff. So that's what people are assuming that first little bit of the flashback wow. is is Teth actually. Um, and I I didn't pick it up initially. Like I thought it was just Ryloth and yeah. then Mandalore, but but I saw that um over the weekend and was like, oh, that's interesting because I just didn't pick that up at first. But um, I mean the screenshots, I mean it looks exactly the same. Um. Mm. So the big thing here is Ahsoka the White. I like how they made this change because I was questioning, yep. wait, what's going on? Because in Rebels, they see the mural and there's Ahsoka the White picking up Sabine to go find Ezra. And it's obviously she hadn't been in that costume. But it's great seeing in this how that actually happens, how we actually get to see this worthwhile transition as we know Dave Filoni often is inspired by Tolkien and and he's always mentioned in Gandalf the White and there was actually a lot of tweets I seen earlier to people digging up Dave Filoni old tweets from like five or six years ago of you know with Ahsoka the White and stuff and having quotes from Tolkien which was really cool to pick up on but yeah I like the journey I like how there was a, a worthwhile it was it was really um, metaphorical I guess in a sense or whatever because like she's waking up to a new dawn. The sun's in her eyes. She's waking up, kind of being like the rebirth of Ahsoka. I thought that was brilliant, seeing her power through the Force, channeling the taming of the Purgle. I, I just, what did you guys think of this transformation of the character, this big character moment? Um, yeah, I mean, it was appropriate for what they what they were trying to establish with her. I mean, it's her having a re reawakening. I think to me, it showed it kind of purged her of all of her like guilt of what happened in the past and all of her, of her 
of her feelings. I mean, we saw it in the flashbacks how she talks about how my legacy is death and war. You know, my legacy is about just fighting. And she's like, am I going to teach this to my Padawan? I think I think she she needed to get over all that. I think that, that was mm-hmm. the point of this. It was, mm-hmm. Anakin says it, like, you're more than that. I'm more than that. You're a legacy now. You, you know, these are just the times that we had. That These are the times you were born into. You know, it, there's no choice about it. It is what it is. And I think for her to finally understand, look, that was that was my life. It is what it is. I'm now going on to bigger, better things. I think that was her reawakening after she, quote unquote, woke up or was saved from drowning. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. Like, like that's the funny thing about this episode. We're all just like, oh, yeah, I agree with that point. Because it's just, it's such a like they created this episode in such a good way where you know you're getting that great character like journey Mm -hmm. and transformation with ahsoka and like if you think about it now it makes you look more differently at the earlier episodes where people are like oh she's so stoic and blah 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 and like all that stuff and now it's like oh dave had a plan for that and you know to transition her to ahsoka the white because like you know was she the Ahsoka hey, the Grey. Wait, 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 hold on. Star Wars had a plan for once? Ha! Well, well, D- Dave Filoni had a plan, so. Oh, okay. Let's let's, let's get that correct. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me um let me read. Oh. Let me make this very crystal clear. Um, I'm not I'm not crediting Star Wars as a whole company having a plan. I'm crediting Dave Filoni, the uh, producer, director, writer of the show, having a plan for the show. Um, but oh yeah, my gosh, he, like he has a he had a plan. Because if you think about it, like, she was Ahsoka the Grey, and she was down and out. And like you said, Milton, she, now we have the context that she had the view of, like, oh, my whole legacy is just, like, death and war and destruction, basically. So no wonder she felt so, basically, shitty throughout this whole series, because she's like, well, this is my whole life. I'm 40-some years old, and all my life is, like, war and losing people and costing people their lives. So, like, that had to have been weighing on her all those years. And on top of it, her having to be in hiding in isolation, you know, because she had to, like, obviously stay out of the events of the original trilogy. So it's just, like, no wonder. And, like, you know, so it just shows, like, Dave had a plan for her character. And now she, like, comes out as Ahsoka the White. Like, you know, like, you you can just tell by just even Rosario's posture. Like, her mannerism just looks, you know, better. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, really like that aspect. Yeah, Chris, so what are you getting excited about? I just saw you like the, this. This is why I love having a chat room, a live chat. So this is great because we're getting ideas for people that are a lot more intelligent than I am to come up with this stuff. So we got Timbo Toys in here saying Balon equals Belrock question mark, and I'm thinking like it dawned on me like, oh my gosh, they basically reenacted Filoni reenacted Lord of the Rings here because if you're not familiar with Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. They're in the mines of Moria, and the Belrock like gets his fire whip and grabs the foot of um, Gandalf and pulls him down to the depths. Yeah. Essentially, Balon struck Ahsoka, and she fell down to the depths, and then comes out as Ahsoka the White. Mm. That's like a good point. that is like, I, really I, I, cool I didn't connection. Think about that either, first of all, I think I think the Belrog's real badass. Like I love that particular character. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Except for he's not a fire breathing like demon, yeah. But obviously with his saber and even with how what he's doing, I, that that makes sense. And, and obviously, like I mean, they've been talking yeah. a lot about Lord of the Rings, like Dave and Rosario both. So yeah, I agree, hundred percent agree. Interesting. I I, I, th- I think honestly, I I think that we're going to get 
we're, we're going to get more of that, I think, throughout the show. Hopefully, at the end, they kind of like bring a full circle. Oh, yeah. I think, I really think we're going to, I don't know. There's just so much we can do. Like, and if you think about it, guys, like, so the next three episodes, I already saw um, from the same time running leaker that's been out there. So basically, this next episode cut off the credits and everything. We're going to get about 45 to 46 minutes of pure content in the next episode. So it's another good length episode. So it just makes you think like the next three episodes, it's kind of like almost like a mini movie. Like since it's like, you know, this first half of the season was more like the first part. And then now we're getting into the second part. This is kind of like more like, you know, we're getting to like kind of mini movie territory. And it's just like we're seeing Ahsoka's character transition to, you know, now she's Ahsoka the White. You know, we're getting all this like kind of mythical stuff with like the Pergil. And then, you know, it this begs the question as well. So with the bad guys escaping, um, are I I wonder where we step off at in the next episode. Is it gonna be Ahsoka on the journey? Cause see, I think with them doing this transition, this like almost part one, part two feel to things. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting like a significant time jump because it's going to take a long time to travel across the galaxy, you know, oh, yeah. you know like yeah. like so so we could get like I don't even know maybe a, a 6 months to a year or something. I I don't I don't know how long it takes to travel to a totally different galaxy in Star Wars. So, you know, we could be looking at a potential like year time jump or something. So it just makes you wonder are we going to like pop in with Ahsoka traveling or are we going to pop into the bad guys pulling up to wherever Thrawn and them are. Like, I wonder if we, because I feel like this coming week, we we have to be seeing Thrawn. Like, I, I mean, you you think, wouldn't you? Like, you, you would think you would think these next three episodes would be Thrawn heavy focus, like Thrawn yeah. as the focus. So, yeah. so it makes you wonder: Will Thrawn be the ending of episode six, or are they gonna like boom pull up bad guys pulling up, being like, hey, or maybe they pull up and like they're trying to find Thrawn because maybe his ship. Maybe the chimeras crash somewhere. Or yeah, something. yeah, and this actually falls into place for Timbo Toy's uh, question in a chat from a f- from a few mo- moments ago. He's saying, "Do we think that Thrawn will have an empire in his own galaxy of uh, some sort?" It, it makes for, it, it, listen. Thrawn ain't no scrub. You know what I'm saying? Like he he ain't trash. So it makes sense for him to go to whatever galaxy he went to to. To say, hey, I'm going to take this over in his own, you know, twirling of the mustache way, you know, elegant way of putting it. He's like, I'm going. You know, he took over that 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 spot. You know, he did, or at least like, at least you know, he has some type of alliance set up. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, now we don't know what galaxy went to. We don't know how many galaxies there are. Like they just blew open the door of Star Wars lore when they said, oh, there's a new galaxy. Like I never even knew there was another galaxy. Right? I thought it was just the unknown regions. Could it be, could this be, could this be where Exegol comes in? Because uh. remember he had the, he had the, well, the Wayfinder with uh, Rise of Skywalker. Wasn't that through like another galaxy or something? Yeah, so that's in the unknown regions. Unknown regions. And... So I don't know, maybe, maybe this is where, I don't know where Exegol is located. I don't know. I'm just trying, they have to bring this all forefront because again, like, Grand Admiral Thrawn wasn't a nobody to Palpatine. Palpatine valued him. Oh yeah. But like to me, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to put it out there, make a full circle. Yeah. But I could yeah. be wrong. But to answer the question from the grit chat, yes, I think he has some type of, a, of alliance, or maybe his own little like quote unquote uh, Thrawn. I think some of his shit, some of his ships all got sucked out there too with the Pergola. You know, it wasn't just like the Chimera. It was like a bunch of those Imperials 
that were there. So it's just like, maybe, obviously, I'm sure like some of them died because, you know, just getting rapidly sucked away. But I mean, with Thrawn surviving, I mean, how many, how many, like, I mean, Chris, you know, like a lot more about like the details of ship stuff. Like what's like the normal, like capacity of like, say a big Chimera, like Chimera Star Destroyer. Like, is that like, I don't know how many thousands of people. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that because the other day in one of the comics, (laughs) uh, the Dark Droid Scourge um, storylines going on where there's like droids taking out full Star Destroyers in like minutes. I believe there's like 30 something thousand people that staff a Star Destroyer. Like a regular. So at minimum, minimum, there's probably around 30,000 people there. Yeah, yeah. And this actually dives into another one of the questions from Sims. Do you think Snoke will show up in any of these series? He's saying, I do. I, I feel like the stuff with Snoke would have to come up in maybe the Unknown Regions or something. I don't know. Something like, because listen, this is 10 years post Return of the Jedi. So we're 20 years away from The Force Awakens. So, so right. at this point, Snoke would have been, Snoke's around or there's some type of remnants of him. I mean, like, just don't like like you know Palpatine was growing these clones for a while. Well, so well, Mil- to me, Snoke, Snoke, or um, what's his name, or Thrawn has to be an important, integral piece. What Palpatine was trying to do to re reincarnate the the Empire, I guess, quote unquote, bring back or bring the First Order or the Final Order to to the front. Well, Milton, if you think about it, you know, I mean, Leia literally says Snoke like influenced Ben before, like you know, they clearly know who Snoke was, so. He has to be, yeah. Kylo Ben is like nine, ten years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you have that, but this is my thing. Like, and I don't want to be one of these people like bringing down people talking about like Disney, like the sequels or whatever. But let's be real here for a minute, guys. If we go through this whole Ahsoka series, whole Mando series, and the Mando movie with no mention of Snoke. That's pretty much just Dave stepping around and saying, hey, I'm just going to kind of do my own little Star Wars here and just not even reference the sequels. Because, like, because, like, if we don't get Snoke, that's, I mean, why else wouldn't we get, like, any sort of connection or, like, any hint toward it? So, like, that's my only thing with that is there could be that, like, underlying stuff going on there, like, you know, that we don't know behind the scenes. But it just, uh... I don't know. I do feel like if he does include the Snoke stuff, it'll just naturally be included in the story. You know, like that's that's the most important thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not the biggest fan of the sequels, but if you naturally include stuff in the story, like that leads up to it to build it up a little more, that's fine. Like, it, it, it's not that it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. So last, I guess, last thing we'll talk about here is the overall. Oh, Chris Forsyth is correcting me. Uh, he says saying sixty thousand people. So. Double, um, so oh, I would so think that a few of people. those people survived. Um, yeah. But but let's let's talk a little bit about the New Republic storyline. Let's talk a little bit about Hera, and I want to just mention. And I think Ben, you were the one that mentioned this. Jason Sindula, I did not expect going into the series and getting this much focus on a character, and I actually really like it. I I think it's always really cool to see a new Force user in Star Wars, and especially the one that we got teased with like several years ago in an epilogue and it's like wait there's there's a son of Kane and Jars he could be a Jedi someday and now this guy is actually strong in the force and it's like he's able to and this is another thing uh, another can of worms of like I'm not sure if that was a world between worlds she was even in maybe it was in her head but then you have 
Jason Sindula, who's so power in the force, powerful in the force that he can hear the lightsabers, but then apparently Hera could hear them too. So like everybody has the force right. that flows through them at some point if they focus. It's like there's a lot yeah. of stuff to dig in with oh. this like moment here. Um, so yeah, you can throw it in, Ben. Yeah, I have, okay. I have a few thoughts on all this because like this is this was definitely one of the most interesting talk, like talked about scenes I've noticed on social media. I think you have a couple options here. Of course, Jason. Jason obviously is force sensitive. We 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 know that for sure now. Um, and also, so when it comes to him like hearing the lightsabers and stuff, like the thing is with the world between worlds, I like that Dave left it vague enough for the audience, like you know, for the general, you know, not hard people who haven't seen Rebels, they probably saw the Ahsoka stuff and said, oh, that's like a force vision or something, you know. But you know, if you just go on Star Wars's YouTube channel. Um, you know, shout out to Hannah from the Rayside. She she did a whole big rewatch through of Rebels mm -hmm. Recon, like leading up to the Ahsoka wow. series. And she, you know, there was an episode she pulled up where Dave was talking about the world between worlds, and he said the world between worlds can be accessed anywhere, and it only you know certain aspects or certain parts of the world between worlds can be accessed. Like his example is like when Ezra gets his crystal, Ezra's in just a small pocket of the world between worlds, or like when Ezra is talking to Yoda, for example. Yoda and Ezra are both in the world between worlds, but they're only in a certain part of it where you're communicating and not accessing the full spectrum of the world between worlds. So, like, mm. that's, um, that's, like, Dave's interpretation of the world. You know, I mean, he created it, so, you know, take that for what it is, but, but his interpretation is almost like the world between worlds can literally be anywhere in the galaxy. So, like, I think that's, to me, it points to that being, mm. being that. And then I do think, so I'm kind of torn on the Hera stuff. Not from the fact that she can hear or not hear. I think there's also a chance of it just being like, all right, you know, she's either believing her kid or it's the, you know, we've all seen it before in real life. How many times have you had a parent, um, you know, you've seen a parent, like a kid trying to convince a parent, oh yeah, like santa claus is here whatever blah 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 and they're like oh yeah yeah santa's here for sure like you know and like goes and just goes along with it so like hmm. and then you know maybe Hera eventually believes it so like i think you know there's a few angles you can take like the Hera scene with it um like it could either be just her being a parent just being like yeah kid whatever or it could be like hey maybe i don't know maybe she like barely touches into the force kind of like sabine or something so like you know, I don't know. It's just an interesting aspect they're adding into Star Wars for sure. Um, but then again, I mean, you know, like I said before, George talked about that. Like, hey, like, you know, you just need to have the proper training, yeah. basically. Yeah. So it's just, so, I mean, that's coming from Lucas. So it's just, I don't know. It's definitely interesting to see the way they do it. I, I really, though, whether Hera has the Force or not, I think that is the only time we will ever see that happen. And maybe, who knows, maybe that explains why she's such a good pilot. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Milton? What What'd you think about this storyline with Hera and and Jason and all that? I mean, to me, I, it, it, it's not a big deal just because like I'm not really connected with that kid yet. Uh, I mean, he's I know he's special. I know he's force sensitive. I know he's a he's a Kanan's son. I truly understand that. However, it was cool to see that he could hear the sabers. I thought that was cool. But I haven't really connected with his character, so I really don't really have much to say about him in particular. I thought they did a good job at organically 
tying that in with his like abilities and him really listening and not just going off what he's seeing visually because we've gotten his lesson from Yoda and from other Jedi's like you can't always trust your eyes obviously like you got to feel mm-hmm. with the force and he, he wasn't trusting his eyes he's like I'm not I'm not going to trust my eyes I'm going to listen I'm going to tap into the force so that made sense organically um as for Hera eh okay like <laughs> It is what it is, and it was cute, and I guess it worked. So to me, I don't really have much of a. I'm not really negative or positive yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, just adding in just a couple little things here and there before we kind of give our scores and answer one more uh, audience question here. Um, my my thing of the week or whatever. I my scene of the week or whatever goes to Huang and Carson Teva, and Huang is just like talking about. Oh yeah, you know Jason Sundula, son of Kanan Jarrus, powerful Jedi, and all this stuff. <laughs> and Carson Tevin just like, yeah, okay, sure. And he just goes back whatever he's saying, but it's just like that funny thing where it's like all this crazy stuff, and he's just like, yeah, sure, okay, like anything in this galaxy doesn't even phase him at this point. It's just like everything he has seen. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, a, yeah, it's a random Tuesday for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that character more and more every time we see him. He just, no, uh, well, he has such like a good like charm and personality about him, and like even when he when it cuts to the um, the sequence with him talking to the rebellion, when yeah. he's like, when he's like, just the way he said, "All right, I got a story to tell you," like he, you know, like and then it cuts. <laughs> it it was like just perfectly cut, like just the way it ended on his line, like you know, because I don't know, I just love that character. Like he he's yeah. done such a good job. Um, and, you know, John Campia raved about him, like, on uh, the show Kim's Convenience. Like, that was where his, you know, big claim to fame was from. And, like, that guy, he, he does such a good job playing that character. And, and uh, he, I don't know, he's just one of my, obviously not favorite, but he's, like, you know, one of your favorite side characters. Oh, yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, one question, one last question we have from the chat actually comes... From your brother, Milton, Christopher Weber's writing in, do you think the other galaxy is the one that has the Yuzong Vong, perhaps? I mean, that could be. Look, that, that'd be great because that'd be a hell of a way to organically, you know, bring in some Legends material. And mean, then that, look, look, yeah. Look, the Yuzong Vong community or, or species was a big deal in those Legend books. Like, they, mm. they wrecked some shit. And, it, and they caused problems for our characters in those particular books and during that time period. I believe that was during the New Jedi Order um, phase of Legends. So yep. it, it would make sense if they want to use that particular race of aliens. Sure. I mean, yeah. if they organically made it work and let's say Thrawn diffused his way into that, that, that community, awesome. How, how dope would that be to have like a 10-year war with mm. them and then that leads into a peaceful time kind of and then the first order like arises from that I, I don't know yeah see my thing with that um it would be so cool if they would include something like that even here's something um you know they could even do maybe when they're like in this other galaxy like what if they like hint at something like that like like thrones like oh shit like there's something in this other galaxy like you know even yeah. we're not we shouldn't be out here blah 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 and then we come back to the ahsoka series blah 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 you know whatever happens with thrawn in our say our current galaxy because you know i mean i'm assuming he's going to be the villain of the movie so you know you have all that play out but then 
if they want to really like do like some deep connection stuff, why not use that little threat they plant, say, in this series, and then boom, have that be the main threat of the Ray movie 15, 20 years later, like for example. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could like you could really get like to me, that's what's missing from Star Wars on a lot of this stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not like the most I don't I, I can be a pretty hard critique sometimes on canon related things in Star Wars. But um but I think that's what's missing is kind of that like interconnectivity. Like don't get me wrong, I don't want to see Marvel style like every character appearing in every show type thing like Marvel, but that's kind of what's missing is that little just the little breadcrumbs that's leading to something that much bigger. So like if we could like get to that, that would be crazy. Um so yeah, I mean, I could see a potential maybe something along those lines. Like I know there was a there uh, back probably three weeks ago now, I saw someone share a uh, a picture. It was just a single shot from like a behind the scenes Clone Wars thing. Um, Dave Filoni had like drawn a uh, hand drawn um, Yuuzhan Vong scout ship for Clone Wars, and then they scrapped yep. that idea. So like that's my one grain of hope that the Yuuzhan Vong's on Dave's radar is maybe. You know, we're seeing so many of his ideas from animation incorporated into this show. So, like, maybe Dave goes back to that and is like, hey, let's just drop a breadcrumb in this other galaxy for that. Yeah. So like, Because think, remember, we're going to Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew sounds like it's going to be taking place, you know, in potentially, like, unknown regions or, like, out, you know, in, like, the sketchy parts of the galaxy. So, like, maybe, maybe Skeleton Crew bumps into that sort of stuff. So, like, I, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of different possibilities when it comes to, like, the Yuuzhan Vong... Um, with Dave, just because, like I said, he, there's that one sketch of him drawing a Yuuzhan Vong scout ship. Yeah, and that, that storyline was going to be in Clone Wars Season 8 or whatever the, the next one would be if they continued. Um, and it was supposed to be like some soul Yuuzhan Vong that was like found out there in the known galaxy. And that's about all I know about that. But yeah, the, that's what I mean. The fact that like Dave Filoni had already thought about doing that this is his time to bring it in and it'd be it'd be great it'd be great so i want to go ahead and we'll wrap things up for the week by giving our final thoughts and scores out of 10 i'll start this one off this week i get it before you go i want to make sure that the crew the 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 chat throw your scores in there too oh yeah there we go score out of 10 (laughs) but anyway yes so i will kind of say what i said off the top i i mean sometimes my opinion of the episode gets swayed in a positive or negative way based on our conversation and i think i'm still gonna stick with my 9.5 out of 10 as i said the music i didn't really talk about the music but that was fantastic in this episode uh the drama playing out seeing different sides of characters seeing different sides of conflicts like the heart that's really in this episode seeing new characters doing amazing things uh miraculous things of myth and legend um seeing just amazing things come to live action and feeling right at home um, with some of the best stuff we've seen in star wars and continuing um with the amazing duels the action of star wars is this is seeing uh we're seeing no end of this insight and it's just so good um this is a seminal episode for star wars period i will say that it's one of the best star wars episodes ever giving us something we would never even dream about seeing and the fact that it's in reality now it's so cool we could watch this as milton says to his heart content every day watching different clips that's like yeah it's, it's this is pervading 
um, throughout the social sphere on, on all levels, like Ben was saying in the mainstream. So this is a big one. So yeah, I'm going to stick with my 9.5 out of 10. I'll throw it over to you, Milton. Yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. It, it, it really didn't disappoint. Um, the only negative I would say, and this you guys reminded me of it earlier, was the, some of the Hera stuff. We could have cut in some of her stuff back a little bit. That was the only negative. And we didn't even talk about the music with Kevin Kiner. He needs to be the de facto Star Wars music guy moving forward whenever John Williams is officially, officially done. Like, if he decides to come back, do whatever you want. But if it's no one else besides John Williams, it needs to be Kevin Kiner because that man knows Star Wars music. I really need to get him and the guy that did Mando. Um, Ludwig. Yeah, Ludwig. Those two need to do Star Wars. But obviously, Kevin Kiner's 1A, Ludwig's 1B, whatever. But Kevin Kiner's that guy. I may have to get the soundtrack to this particular show once this is all done. That's how good it is. Um, overall, I thought this episode was very good, very well done. Visuals look great. Dueling was awesome. Hayden Christensen, what can you say? He's the man, in my opinion, mm-hmm. always has been, always will be. You know, um, he, he's he's a legend. I mean, I think this episode submitted his his legacy as Anakin Skywalker. You know, we, we got to see him fully fleshed out some more. We got to see a different side of his performance that we didn't really get to see a lot in the prequels. We, we know what that was all about. However, Dave, you did a good job at bringing us what we wanted. You know, mm-hmm. I'm 36 years old. I remember watching those movies when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And like, I, <clears throat> bro, I saw grown men crying when I was watching the reactions. <laughs> like that's like, you know, you're doing something right. when you got grown ass men and mm. women crying. When they, when they see Hayden Christensen's on screen talking, they're like, oh, my God, that's my childhood. I can't I can't complain much about this episode. So yeah. I'm giving this a 9.5 as well. I mean, mm-hmm. this is some of the best Star Wars I've, I've seen, whether it's movies and TV. So hopefully next three episodes will crescendo to a point to where it shatters what we just saw recently, because that's what I want for the show. Continue to get better and better and better. Because overall, the show has been consistent, and this episode is some of the best Star Wars that I've, I've ever watched. So, yeah, 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, according to Chris Forsyth in the chat, the soundtrack just came out, actually. So, there you have it. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm about to go get that mug. Well, hell, I'm, I'm going to download it illegally. Oh, that's oh. great. Disney, don't take us down for that statement from Milton. <laughs> but, uh, you come back to me all you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I got that. I can bootleg that any day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for me... I uh, I loved the episode. I thought it was great. It was oh, it was something special. It's something we always imagined. Like we got our live action Clone Wars. Everyone's been clamoring for live action Clone Wars. We got it. It looked amazing, and it felt like war. So like I really liked that aspect of it. I thought it was really good. And then of course like all the Ahsoka Anakin stuff was amazing. Um, the young Ahsoka actress did such a great job. I would be very um, I would definitely endorse more of her. Like. I love Rosario, but if we get more flashbacks with her playing young Ahsoka, I'm totally fine with it. Like, she did a great job. Um, like, just imagine, like, I know this won't happen, but, like, why don't they just give us a two-hour little Clone Wars movie, Clone Wars thing with Aunt, with Hayden and her, like, doing something? Like, it just, like, a lost mission or something, you know? Um, I would love to see something like that, just because, like, they did such a nice job with this Clone Wars stuff. And then the fact... 
you know, they're really setting up, you know, this was the first part of the season, and now we're transitioning to the next part. So I thought they did a good way to, like, wrap up this basically part one, I would say. And I'm excited to see where we're heading into part two, because there's a lot of different options, um, you know, that we can lead into. So, yeah, so for me, it's a uh, it's a 10 out of 10. I just thought it was great. It's in my top probably five, top three, top three range, top three, top four of Star Wars television. I thought it was amazing. Um, and it just makes me more excited for next week because now we go from all of this stuff with the good guys to presumably, of course, we're going to get good guy stuff in this next one with Ahsoka traveling, but presumably we're going to get bad guy stuff. And like, you know, like all three of us said, like, guys, this time next week, we've probably, fingers crossed anyway, we've probably seen Grand Admiral Thrawn on screen. So like, just imagine that. Let's hope. Let's hope. And queuing up the scores from the chat, we have Timbo Toys giving it a 9.5 out of 10 as well. And Chris Forsyth is giving it a 10 out of 10. If you guys want to throw in your scores after the fact, go ahead and just mention us in any tweets and whatnot. Uh, you can hashtag Outer Room Transmission and look at our Twitter handles down below. But yeah, fantastic episode. It was great to have so much interaction in the chat, whether it be from Timbo Toys, Chris Forsyth, Sims, Christopher Weber. Um, we have uh, my friend Loki from work, or Lofi, sorry, the race side. Yeah, so thanks everybody for joining us. Again, you can always join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be breaking down the latest episode of Soka. It's crazy to say that we just only have three weeks left of this awesome engagement and discussion of such a, a unit. I feel like this is a unanimous, unanimously loved series already, which I can't say the same about a lot of these Star Wars series as of late. So, Yeah, I mean, it's it's been since Mando's... In my opinion, we have not had... This feeling in the Star Wars fan um, fan universe, in terms of just positive talk, speculation, you know, fan theories, having fun with it versus like infighting, like we haven't had this type of stuff since Mando season two, in my in my opinion. Oh heck yeah! So, as I said off the top, I just put up my video for the Atomic Mass game Star Wars Legion kind of rundown of what's been announced over the weekend at mini stravaganza 2023 so check that out again go ahead and check out the star wars underworld uh network on youtube where we'll be going every thursday live me and matthew will be talking the latest with star wars comics right around lunchtime at 12 p.m eastern time every week over there milton where can the people f follow you for your sports commentary and whatnot uh, yeah, they can follow me on Twitter at MiltonWeber7 or Instagram at Milton7Weber. Um, <clears throat> usually, like, on Twitter, I'm posting, like, sports stuff. I'm retweeting stuff. Instagram, I'm always posting some type of, like, funny memes or sports stuff or workout videos. Um, yeah, come follow me. I like to keep, keep it funny and positive. Again, I appreciate everybody who listened tonight, who, who contributed to the show. Love having you guys on it. Love being a part of a, a fun positive Star Wars community. It's okay to agree. It's okay to disagree. As long as you do it in a way that's respectful and obviously you are you articulate mm -hmm. your point. You're just, you know, being part of the group. So I really do appreciate it. But yeah, follow me at those particular handles. And I probably won't be on the podcast next week because I'll be actually out in Philadelphia over the wow. weekends for a football game. So um, yeah, so probably just be, just be these two. But 
I'm sure I'll give them my thoughts on Tuesday's episode throughout the week. <laughs> yeah, we might have to like play your voice clip on here. I'm sure I could figure out how to do that if I tried. Yeah, you, so. figure out, look, you figure <laughs> out a way you, you, you'll get a voice clip or, or a video. I mean, however you want me to do it, I'll send you a video or a voice clip. Yeah, way. either way will work. Either way will work. Awesome. Ben, where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter talking um, talking the NFL and Star Wars and fitness stuff at Real Ben Maynard. And then you can find me on Instagram. I'm going to try to get back to posting workout stuff now that I'm done being sick. Um, you can find me there at Real Ben Maynard. All righty. Yeah. On the mend, on the mend. Uh, so once again, you can download this podcast on any streaming service of your choice. Spotify. You can check us out on Apple Music on Amazon, anything in between. And please, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, do so and hit that bell icon so you'll be notified when future videos go live again. We'll see you next week, 7 p.m. Sunday, talking about the latest episode of the awesome Ahsoka series. Thanks, everybody. Good night. May the Force be with you. End transmission.